five, six, seven, eight. Hi, everyone. We are back with another episode in our Bat Out of Hell, the musical series. As promised, we are bringing you a very exciting interview with Mama and Papa Falco, also known as Sloan and Falco, also known as Sharon Sexton and Rob Fowler. Yes, we are thrilled to bring you another batastic episode. <laughs> we first met Sharon and Rob four years ago when they were playing uh, Sloan, and Fal- Sloan and Falco in the run of Bad Out of Hell in Toronto. I mean, I can't believe four years have gone by so fast. So it's an absolute delight to have them come here and chat with us today, all about being in the new UK tour of Bad Out of Hell. And they're still every bit as lovely and talented and gracious uh, now as they were then. And we are so glad that they decided to join us. What's really exciting about Sharon and Rob, for those of you who don't know, is that they have actually been with Bad Out of Hell since um, 2017. So before the show uh, made its debut at the Manchester Opera House for the first time. So we have some real Bad Out of Hell show history joining us today. So with that said, Sharon and Rob, welcome to Breaking the Curtain. So right off the bat, we always like to start with a little bit of an introduction. I'm sure that most of our listeners turning into our Bad Out of Hell interview series know who you two are, but we would love just so our audience members can get used to your voices, if you would just introduce Introduce yourselves and let them know who you're playing in the show. So my name is Sharon Sexton and I'm playing Sloan. My name is Rob Fowler and I'm playing Falco. This is Diamond the Dog. And he's playing... (laughs) Oh my goodness, he is so cute! And he's huge. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, big old chest. He's got his Falco chest. His (laughs) His Falco chest. We love him. There is so much to celebrate with this production of Bad Out of Hell. It's the first UK tour, it's a revised version of the show, and of course, the return of live theatre after this crazy year and a half. You both originated these roles back in 2017 at the Manchester Opera House. What has it been like stepping back into these iconic roles and back into live theatre in general? Oh gosh. Um, stepping-, stepping back into bat is like putting on mm-hmm. your favourite pair of shoes. I hope that it's your It really um. is. <laughs> and as you know, you've, you've obviously seen productions of the show, yeah. and it's such a roller coaster, and it gives so much to the audience, but you get so much in return. And it's, it's, it's that roller coaster ride that you keep wanting admission. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think. There was no question for us. I mean, obviously, to come back after the pandemic, this was like the perfect job to step back into as well, because Bad Out of Hell, as you guys know, is also very much like a family. And even that goes beyond the cast. That's the company, the creatives, all of the musical supervisor, the costume designer, the set designer, the light designer. Everybody has so much passion for this show. So, you know, it was actually quite a weird time, I think, for a lot of people going back on stage creatively and we were very lucky that we got to come back to such a gorgeous company and such gorgeous and with, roles. With it having so many legs mm-hmm. since it started back in the day in 2017, it's it's created such a fan base, yeah. which, you know, they call themselves the Bat Fan mm-hmm. and it's such a, a great, or the Bat Clan or, or the Lost mm-hmm. or yeah. whichever name they, they, uh, they, they put themselves under. They, it's like... We're all united again and we can all celebrate Simon's music together. So that's great. And to be in live theatre again 
it was so emotional on the first uh, night in Manchester to see that full house and all the... Yeah, it was electric. All really the was. audience members just beaming and... Still is. We still have moments, even though we're into the tour a little bit now, where we pinch ourselves and we're doing the, my God, we're back, we're here, be grateful. Yeah, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. Like, it's just, it's so surreal. That really is so wonderful. And we're so glad that you're both back with the show. Uh, is there a venue that you're most excited to visit? I mean, this was a surprise today. I mean, we've been in Oxford this the the, the last week, and it's absolutely stunning. I mean, especially if you have a Harry Potter fan uh, um, background, which I do. I think I read every book as they came out, and to be in Oxford and uh, just to walk around this historic uh, um, city centre, and also be so being so close to a place called the Cotswolds. It's so gorgeous. It's like a it's like a an autumn Picture postcard. Yeah, it's like a break. Gorgeous. We're doing each other. Exactly, yeah. We say in England, it's a busman's holiday. Yeah. I think I, I have to say Dublin because everybody since I got this job like five years ago is going, when is it coming to Ireland? When is it coming to Ireland? So for me, that's going to be fabulous. Mm. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to love it. So, yeah. That is so exciting. And Oxford does look amazing. Yeah. I saw your photos from the other day. Yeah, it's stunning, isn't it? From what you posted Gorgeous. on Instagram, it looks so perfect mm-hmm. for fall. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you do ever get over this side of the pond, check out the Cotswolds. They do mm-hmm. bus trips from Oxford Beautiful. directly there. Gorgeous. <laughs> okay, we will add it to the ever-growing, endless itinerary <laughs> for when we do get over there. So this is a really fun one. Um, (laughs) Back when we first started the podcast, we interviewed Danielle, Simon, and Ben, and they mentioned there was an early version of the script where the lost ate Falco, uh, like full on ripped him apart and ate him. (laughs) Rob, do you have any memories of this? Would you like to expand on it? It's true, because they didn't know, I mean, I think it was Jim Steinman just throwing something else out there and, and saying, you know, it has, to, it has to be something more. He's just killed this kid, Tink, and the lost have to get their revenge. And do you know what? What we can have is Zahara with a chainsaw, and then they all come in and then basically ripping a, rip him apart and rip him limb from limb. And, then, <laughs> and they eat him. And Jay was like... We have to try it. So yeah. we did. We rehearsed it. We had to try it. Yeah. And if you think about it now, now that um, in the revisited version of it, because we're touring with it, it's not possible to tour with a swimming pool. Right. So they kind of do a, a gentler version of that for the costume reveal, where they all come in to be like a pack of wolves. and, and I'm still unclear on that. I'm still unclear on if they know that, if this is a big joke for Sloan, if they're all in on it, or if they've done something magical to you, or if they, that was their intention. It's still a bit, I suppose it's whatever the audience want to take from it, but I actually only thought that today. Mm. And I'll tell you why I thought it as well. Here's me giving very my, nice. No, here's oh. my, my notes now, because there's so much passion when they're doing it, and then when the reveal comes out, they all kind of walk away, and I'm like, guys, you need to have a feeling about that. Yeah. You need right. to decide, yes, we did what we achieved, mm. or that's a surprise for me too. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But, you know, it's, it is a bit of a it's it's such a great moment. So much stuff, guys. So so many layers of of change and stuff that we went through in Clapham. But there's still so much that 
happened in the room back in Clapham mm. that's still there. That's still you know? there, yeah. There, there's, there's things... That was really interesting for us actually coming back this time because this, the versions of the show that we created are now written in the stage directions. Mm. So it was really interesting for us in that rehearsal process to have... To read things that happened in the room because one or the other made a suggestion or a joke and they said, yeah, that, keep, keep that it. one. Yeah. And it was quite funny as well with our lovely American director, Benita, because they were like, you know, I think this is the motivation behind this line. And we were like, "Mm, yeah, but that's not where it came from. Maybe maybe it is now, but where it came from is... A story that I told Jay once about a conversation I had with my mum, and now that's the Raven and the President. Yes, I remember that, that the scene between Raven and Sloane in the bedroom is actually a real-life moment that happened between you and your mom. Yeah, and then... The ripping off the shirt is an incident that happened with me when I was um, threatened to be beaten up. No way. um, At a disco one night, and my mum always said, if you think you're going to lose a fight, you either have to run... (laughs) Or act crazy <laughs> and hit the biggest one first. And I just ripped off my shirt at 18 years old and went, come on! They went, put it in. Let's put it in. <laughs> but so it was really strange. It was a really different process for us this time around, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it really was. But it's it, like I say, it's this so. Jim's music is being celebrated with exactly the same passion and the same yeah. strength, you know, with or without all the gimmicks. Um, that like the the moment of paradise happening in the room. We had a table, you know, in the room. So a lot of that stuff, a lot of the little moves that came about, it was like Jay, me, and Sharon and Jay saying, "Try something else. Try something else. Can you try something else? Keep that one right and go on and keep going." Equally, there's new stuff as well. Yeah, that has come back to us that we have to. Yeah, that maybe. Bradley or Lena did. Yeah, or Villamine or Or Alex, Villamine or Alex Melcher from Germany or uh, is it Lulu or... I can't remember, I think so. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Lulu. Oh. But we, there's a few things we were like, how do we now make that make, make sense, sense for, for us? So our Falcos have totally So now they're again. all like an amalgamation of whoever <laughs> played the role plus what happened back in the um, in the, in the original um, workshop tryouts, um, it's so it's good. It's, it's a, there's a bit of every Falco in there, and there's a bit of every Sloan in there, and you know it's 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 just been so different. It's it's been so much fun to revisit them. You know, I think that's something that myself, as an audience member, that I enjoy the most when it comes to getting to see the show over and over again and to see different mm, versions of, of different casts, you know. These are wonderful characters with so much heart. They always have been. Yeah. And to see them grow with each new interpretation is honestly brilliant. And it's so exciting. I remember the first time I watched this show, you know, Falco and Sloan, I fell in love with that backstory. And you guys were absolute powerhouses and inspirations then. Uh, you still are now, obviously, mm-hmm. but getting to see that evolve over the years has been such a treat. And for the two of you, as actors who, you know, started off with these roles from the very beginning, and then coming back to roles that have evolved and grown and changed the way these two have, 
What would you say are the biggest challenges of that? Um, being able to fit back in the pink pants. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> uh, after 18 months of lockdown. I think the biggest thing for me is um, I always wanted, I always want to avoid the... Um, yeah, the temptation, um, which is a really obvious choice of making Sloane so unhinged and so crazy that she loses her heart or that she's not grounded mm-hmm. in some kind of reality. I always yeah. want to keep her kind of very real. Um, and I, I think sometimes like that, that involved, you wouldn't believe it, but like hours of conversations and, and discussions and heated discussions about coming down to one word about whether I would say it or not or whether we would kiss or not or whether those moments would be there and so when you fight really hard for something like that and you it's it is difficult to let go of it and then when things come back and you're like there's now these added lines of text where I'm going now I have to I have to make that make sense and she's morphed a little bit and evolved as the show has because now even and you'll see it yourself because to make sense of the touring set as well we don't have the big plush house anymore. anymore. We have a couch. So we've the lost the chandelier. Right. We've lost the the big family portrait. Mm. We've lost the room. So now it's kind of like the Falcos are just defending this patch of land. And it's almost like that's what it used to be, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's really strange to try and go, I'm like, right, well, if she... And the gets- lines sound different when you say something in the car park. Yeah. Like... Look at look, look at what, what I've made for you. What, look at what I've made for you. What more could you possibly want? Feel into it than when yeah. you're in a, a luxury yeah. grand hotel esque yeah. living room with a chandelier bigger than most people's car and say, look, what, what more could you possibly want? It's here. Look, you know. So it's it's got a different uh, take on the on the delivery and a different take on the meaning and. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to try and keep that real, but also I know that, for example, my Sloan has definitely gone further to the darker mm. side on this because how could you possibly not? Totally. Mm. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's really been um, interesting and fun. And also getting to redo the scenes and, and with, with new people. Right. Yeah. Mm. With our new cast here who are all fabulous. Mm. Like, they just... That's what I would say. More than Falco changed, I think his reactions changed with the what's happening energy in the, in the room, people, the energy yeah. in the room. Because the thing that changed most for me was not any choices that other actors gave, brought to the role. And some of them I took gladly and said, yeah, yeah, I'll try that. I'll try this. I'll try this different motivation of going from A to B. Or, but missing like the um, land of the pig or falling in the pool. Mm. That was for me more to go, oh, that was like a, a special moment for me to for do sure. that to show people that you know I can do that that rock opera eight times a week. So that was a bit more of an ego stroke. I had to stroke that to bed. <laughs> and then um, because other than that, I think his character is pretty much what it was when I handed the baton over. I think you're a lot more redeemable now, though, because of those changes. So even when you're playing, playing mm. it's much more, far more sympathy for Falco than you used to have. All right, so Sharon, we do have to ask. Sloan has a brilliant, iconic wardrobe that has really just only expanded over the years. Do you have a favorite costume piece? What's your favorite piece? Okay, well, 
If you could have one item of Sloane's wardrobe, what would you... I do have a green sparkly paradise dress, so that saves me from that answer uh, because that I'm is obsessed with that dress. That, that it is, right? It is so gorgeous. And the shoulder pads and the slit and the sparkles, it's just perfect. Um, but if I had to choose something else, I think my second favorite would have to be like the red blouse and um, yeah. black leather pencil skirt that you get to wear. I think it is just such a powerful yeah. costume moment for Sloan, especially with when you wear it. I do know it's changed, uh, but you're wearing it in It's All Coming Back to Me Now. And then I think before, uh, Sloan used to have it on during Body. And I think that red and black moment and the shift in the colors that she's wearing I think it's so powerful to introduce that at that part in the show. She just looks strong and she looks powerful. And mm-hmm. That's it's my such a killer one. outfit. But then when you tie in all the other character pieces of the story, it is just a killer moment of costuming. That's it. And you rock it. Red pencil. It's just such a classy look, isn't yeah. it? Now, after walking around Oxford today, they're all doing their graduations and they have like their... their sweeping gowns, gowns yeah. with the two I don't know what it's kind of like scarves yeah yeah so the thing and I noticed today that Sloan actually has two, the two of them things. Too, yeah, yeah. yeah right that's her that, was, that wasn't always got that was when Sloan was in law school <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where she came for six months she come back and went, actually Valco I realise if I leave you I get nothing, nothing. so I'm <laughs> I get the car park. Some of the costumes that I did try on were pretty, they were pretty dire. And um, it was a John Boss. So you know, you know yourself when you know something suits you. I was like, pencil skirts. Pencil skirts are my jam. And he was like, bam. And he just pulled out the most fabulous looks with I was like, great. So that's it. I mean, I've seen I've seen people in, in, in many shows dressed by other people where they could have the most amazing figure or yeah. Or and all, all of a sudden they'd be put into this frumpy potato sack mm, that they yeah. look like a. We all know how to dress ourselves. We know, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Especially you know? girls. I mean, yeah, I and also I think you know he. Uh, that's all a luxury as well of originating a role because you get to have those conversations. Exactly, yeah. So Barry, I'm sure all the other salons were all different shapes and sizes, whatever. But you know, pencil skirts might make them all smile. But I'm like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> And those shoes. Oh my goodness. I don't know how you do everything that you have to do in the show, especially in all of those wonderfully high pairs of heels. (laughs) You are a superwoman. That is full of iconic songs and brilliant lines. Do you have a favorite line or moment in the show? Obviously, because we named the album after it, Vision of You always one that flew out off the page. Yeah. But, um... Other than that, I mean, there's a lot going on in Bat. You can make what you want from a lot of Jim's lines in Bat because mm-hmm. um, it really does take you on that journey of, of um, that drive-in journey. But I was thinking the other day, somebody said something in um, Objects, and I went, oh, that's quite brilliant. I don't know if it was when Bex was on. I really listened to it. I think it's something about... You, you actually quoted it, didn't you? Another Nightmare Should Be Over, Some of the Terrors Are Still in time. I think so, yeah. Um, I Like I'm a Lamp yes. because it's so mental. And that was 
that was mm. cut in that was in a different scene and the scene was cut and then I was like can we move it to another scene and then that scene was cut and then I was like if we're going to restage the family scene at the beginning can we get on the land back in there and they were like if you can make sense of it and I was like oh I'll try just to try and keep it because it's just it's it's it's, but it is and it's also so cool in that moment because it's just such a tense moment and then it's just it gives you I think a flavour of just how wacky the rest of the show is going to be I absolutely love that line too and for me it's always such like a mom moment you know dad and daughter are fighting uh, they're at each other's throats, and mom has to step in, diffuse the tension, and yeah. I'm a lamp. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I love those little um, family falcons. Me scenes. too. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> um, so, what is something you have learned with your time with these roles and this show? Oh, no. What have I learned from it? What have I learned from the roles or from the show? I don't know. Well, I learned always that with every show, that it doesn't matter how much you feel that your character is the most important thing in the universe, the show is always the star. Yeah. So I've always learned that with every show. But what I've learned from this is that this time, we are so close to what's happened in the last 18 months than we ever were. This is true. And... You know, I always, being a father myself, I always saw in Falco, he's just doing what he thinks is best, the best way to protect the people he loves. And, um, you know, we made up our own backstory of why why Strat and Falco and Sloan fell apart. You know, we went through every scenario in the beginning. Were they all friends at 18? Was there... Did, what happened? Did, did Strat... And the lost go to somewhere where Falco's dad probably was and, you know, and something happened to his dad and then there was this explosion. They all stayed 18 and Falco had told them not to go. And it's like, maybe my dad's dead because you guys went there. And, you know, so we all have our own little crazy backstory of what went on. So I, I do always think that there's so much goodness in Falco, Falco's heart that it's meant with good intention. Even in the family scene in the beginning, everybody's at him. He's just been hit by the bottle on the head. No one cares. His wife is mocking him. His daughter's pissed off because she he busted up her first date. And, you know, and then, then from nowhere, the defuser mom says, aren't we, aren't we forgetting what a great date tomorrow's going to be? And then Falco's all of a sudden trying to reach out to Ray and say, yeah, my little girl, she's growing up. And she's like, I'd rather be lost like them. You know, and it's, it's, he always gets like buckets of water thrown over him, but he never gives up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what you've learned. That's what I've learned. Never give up. There you go. Never give up. Never, never. Yeah. <laughs> I think from a show point of view, I've learned that, um, uh, I, I surprised myself actually with the vocal um, on this show when we were in rehearsals, both of us, when we were in rehearsals, the first time we did a sing through it as this probe, we had water, we had vocal zones, we had general revoice, we had, we were just Everything going, known to mankind. we were literally going, how are we going to do this? How are we going to sing these whopping songs eight times a week? That, like, but that was everybody. That we was were terrified. From, from Strat all the to way down. Everyone. all the covers, they were all like, 
And when you were in a show every day, and so when um, you were in a show, your track is the, the what you sing is the, it feels like the biggest vocal track anyway because it is because it's yours. Do you know what I mean? And so, you have to plan your day and your lifestyle around that. Yeah, and you yeah. think, oh my god, I'm not going to have any life outside the show because it's so uh, demanding to sing these roles. Yeah, and, yeah. But and that's what I no, but that's what I've <laughs> learned that you know it takes work and it takes patience with yourself as well, but with some time and practice and technique and with your head on your shoulders, it's it's doable and that's made me really proud actually of how yeah, yeah. Just, um, and how yeah. how correct we were in taking the singing lessons and yeah, doing yeah. the doing the work. Putting the time in. Putting the time in because it it you know, I don't know if it's uh, um don't take it for granted that people know that these are in the original key that Meatloaf sang them in on the album. All coming back and we're to me singing them. All, all coming back to me as a step. Turn higher than sleep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound like we're being up our own bums, but just kind of more inspires that you go, okay, yeah, yeah. It, we, we got this. You know, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Anybody can do it. If you just Because I wouldn't have believed I could. When I got the part, I was like, I'm so happy and then instantly went oh my god I have to sing it you know what you guys should be proud of the vocal work on this show Mm -hmm. it is bananas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean I remember coming home from my first bat show and going into a rehearsal and seeing you both seeing the entire cast perform just changed the way I performed Mm -hmm. later I was so inspired I'm still so inspired so thank you so much for all that you do that was really good and strange about being back with a brand new cast this time around because we've done it and it's kind of almost like myself and Rob are the living proof that it's possible. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. So like when people are crying in rehearsals because they can't get the choreography right. or the notes aren't coming out or they, we're like, mate, give yourself a break. This is what happens. We've all been through it. We've all had the tears. We've all had the stress. We've all had the I can't do it moment. Um, it's part of it. You'll get there. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of, I think, a bit reassuring for them where you just go, you just got just got to do it. You have to do it. You're halfway up a minute. You have to keep going and, and you will. So, where we were saving lives, but like, honestly, it is mentally and emotionally and physically pretty. I know you guys know that as well, but it is. Yes. And the dancing. Um, Christy and I actually took a workshop with Zena and she did like an audition masterclass with Revd. We did uh, wasted, wasted youth through to the end. And oh cool. my God, <laughs> that is not easy. Um, I've been dancing for about 10 years of my life and that was, whew, <laughs> it was something else entirely. Choreography is like nothing else. It just doesn't fit in your body naturally at all. So bizarre, and they had to. They taught me and Rob that choreography. God love them no for the first three days, and um, I don't know how we did that, but we did. Well, we tried. We were like, I was like, I did not sign up for this, man. Like, no way. Yeah, yeah. We both kind of looked at each other after, and we're like, okay, if we ever want to audition for this yeah. show, we need to do a lot more cardio. <laughs> no, it is mad fast no. and mad brilliant yeah our, uh, but our cast bless them they were all dying in rehearsals and they're like they're going home eating pizza and chips after the show and they're like I love fries I fries every night and we're like oh my god you're so young that's your metabolism <laughs> actually because of what we dance every night in the show we're kind of finding it hard to 
to keep up. We're, we're finding that we, we can't eat enough. I'm like, oh my God, I wish this show wasn't so on my body because not the case for us. <laughs> you know, and we did want to ask because this is coming up like four years that the Five two of you have years. been working on this piece. Five. Five? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wow, that's bananas. I auditioned five years ago. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't feel like five years. I was one of the last ones in, I think. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I am old. It's been four years. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it'll be four years since it yes. went to Toronto for the first time, which is like <gasps> insane to believe. Right, because it was October. It was just yeah. before Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was just Mm -hmm. too busy being shocked about how much time it's been. But I'm sure within that time um, of performances, you've had your fair share of onstage um, mishaps and mix-ups. We were wondering if there was any that you would like to share with uh, everyone listening today. So many. Um, I think what's really good for, and what was really lucky about myself and Rob, because we obviously are together we you know when you have that thing where you can just read each other's eyes so many things like tiny things happen on stage and we have a conversation as we're playing Falcon Sloan but we'll have another conversation with our eyes and then sometimes we don't even talk about it again you know what I mean and it would be later and we'll be in the car or something and he went oh I meant to say that to you when you did that thing I'm like yeah I know I know lovely and god things that went wrong I can't remember things that went wrong I remember we didn't have the couch for we didn't have the couch for who needs the young ones. I remember in the we were looking in the wings and usually like, you know, you'd get a that's a show stop and they were like, Right, Can you keep going? I was like, What? <laughs> so that was really weird because you know how essential that, that is. They were actually gonna in Clapham, they were that was one of the first ones that was gone and we were like, Can we just have a chance to play with it? They initially wanted us walking around over dead bodies. Um, smoking cigarettes and being like really evil people um, singing and then they had they wanted it in a shower um, with Rob coming in a shower or something and then we were like can we just try it with a couch and then eventually they were like yeah okay we'll get a couch so thank god but the entire thing is centered around the couch and it wasn't there so that was pretty mental what else happened? I can't think. So many funny things. Oh, the funniest thing that happened that wasn't for us was the night that Cover Falco, Craig in the Dominion went on and he forgot to put the pink pants on and he put the trousers and he was just in the, the dance belt. That is actually still the icon on that cast's WhatsApp group. I love it. <laughs> We had a strat in the pool, Barney, when that went happened bad. Um, oh, gosh. We had a portrait come down off the wall in the middle of song. Um, yeah, gosh, I think that's... I can't think of anything else majorly. I mean, the car is just it has a mind of its own, you know. Sometimes it comes on, sometimes it won't go off. Sometimes the window screen will come up. And, yeah, sometimes the seats won't come up and it's just... She does what she wants sometimes. And it's also a new car that you have now, right? It's lovely. I really like it. They were like, we're so sorry when you see the car. I actually think it fabulous. Yeah, it's great. But it just has to, again, the other car was in sections, obviously, because it was able to break and pull. Right. And, and all that, whereas this one is just more right. of a little, mm. little box. Aww. Very cute. 
So I love the car yeah. moment. It's just so much fun. And you know, the changes that they've made for things like the car and the pool and stuff. If you've seen the show, you will of course go, oh, I love, I missed that one. But if you haven't, I actually think they've done a pretty good job of, yeah. you wouldn't miss it if you didn't know what had happened. If it was, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I think yeah. Um, it all still works yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, absolutely. And you know, one day I will have to ask how the pool underwater quick change thing works because I haven't figured it out in four years and I've always wanted to know. But that can be a conversation for another day. Well, he's, he'll tell you, but he's on another call, so I'll tell you. Um, okay. So loads of people thought there was like a little room that he used to go into or that it wasn't real, that it was only a lair. It was just a six-foot tank oh and it was um, magnets. The costume was underdressed and then the suit was magnets over it, I think. And uh, he would go in and just literally, there was no um, great thing. He would hold his breath and change his clothes and come back out and then go and belt out a D. Incredible. Um, Yeah, it was all pretty much down to him. Um, And I was like, it was a really sleek box. It was just made of, you know, there was nothing bits or jagging or anything coming out of it. But I just remember every night, genuinely, when he was doing that, I would just be so terrified that there would be like, a little screw that mm. something would catch on, get out, whatever. And we'd loads of, actually hidden in the rocks. We'd loads of safety stuff oh, wow. in case we ever needed it. We had a lifeguard that was one of the cast had to train to be able to do special assistance, CPR and stuff that was right beside the rock. They always had to come down. Who was it? Who was a savior? I can't remember. I think it was Tim in one of the runs, but anyway, but yeah, it was that, it was all just down to magnets and rocks. You go down there, and he's like, "What do you think I do? Go down there?" Oh, some people thought there was like a scuba diver under there to like change it. <laughs> Holding your breath that long. <gasps> yeah, isn't it amazing? That That's was- just a lot to do in a short period of time in yeah, a yeah. large amount of water. You know, and coming back up and just being yeah. able to actually propel yourself back up out of the pool. That is, that's a lot of repetitive strain injury on the old wrists. Oh, no. Do that pull up every night, especially when you're wet. Oh, no. And that was a really cold winter when you guys were here. I think January was actually record-breaking lows. Oh, my God. Actually, that was funny. Not funny for him, funny for me. Sometimes we went in once. I think it was in Toronto. We had two days off for Christmas. So the pool is usually on it set at a certain temperature. They forgot to switch it back on. No. Absolutely freezing. He came out and he was blue. No. Like, and he was so crazy. He came out and he was like, oh, this brave. <laughs> yeah, it was very. It was that cold. <laughs> you have seen me. Oh, and I've, I've not done anything, oh, but look. I oh, sit. What a good boy. Oh, what a good boy. That's it. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's an smiley. audio podcast, but Steinman is doing the cutest. Actually, I was speaking. Yeah, I mean, I have to kick the cat out of the room when I do this. Such a good boy. Earlier, we were talking about the Bat Fam and the many, many fans across the globe who love this show. You have seen uh, the fan base grow and expand and explode even. There are people who have seen the show, you know, upwards 
in double digits of times and you have people who are seeing it for the first time as well you know what has that support been like again i'll say what i had said when you were here okay but just mm-hmm. for the new cast coming in um they've been so supportive they've been so supportive but also it can also as supportive as it is I can imagine for somebody who's starting out in the show, it can be very, very daunting, you know, because you feel how much passion people have for the show and you don't want to let anybody down. And so we kept... A couple of the cast members, actually, they they, they say that, wow, it's like I'm playing the role, but the fans, uh, uh, um, it's the property of the fans. Yeah. These roles, this show belongs to the fans and I want to do... It just is for them. Yeah. Or, or want them to see that I am, I'm, I'm filling the shoes that I've, I've been given. And that, we kept reassuring them. We were like, guys, as long as you put your heart and soul into it and you play these roles of passion, you're going to be so supported. And yeah. Now that they're in it, and they're doing it. Now they feel that. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah. It yeah. was totally unexpected. I wasn't expecting that level of. I knew who Jim was and who Meat was, and I knew the music, but I didn't realize it was such passion out there for it already yeah we we've had like i'll say this from my side i've had fans come up to me of fans of jim steinman and meatloaf and that whole genre of of, of jim's uh music catalog and say thank you so much for bringing bringing part of uh, bringing jim's dream to the stage yeah um i see that you are a motorcycle enthusiast i would like to um, help you get to the advanced level of motorcycling. Oh, yeah, they're like, just... Things so- like that, you know, they're so generous. They're like, but I said, no, 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 I'll pay for it. I, I'll, I'd love to do it anyway. No, no, you've given me more than I could ever wish for. You've got friends of mine out of the house. You've done this. You've, I said... We haven't done it. We've just done our job. And we've we're just done really- our job and, you know, yeah. and, and given life to these roles and given our personality to these roles. And um, the people, it's kind of like I always say when you do an original role, it's a bit like I use Harry Potter as the 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 metaphor in in this case. That it's like Voldemort when he makes these Horcruxes, he gives part of his soul to to each Horcrux. And when you do a role, you have to give a bit of the real you, and the sweat and the tears. Yeah, you know, in the rehearsals how many tears did we cry during what part of my body or yeah, how yeah. many how many tears did we laugh during during paradise you know and you're giving that and then that becomes falco or sloan or zahara or strap raven etc all down the line and people don't realize it's not just coming and do three hours of sing song you do get so much and you get back you get it back in in you know in in in, in spades yeah. it, it, it's it's incredible what you get back from the audience and that's why it is a two-way street that the show belongs to people who love uh, Jim Steinman's uh, music. I just got goosebumps there. Oh my goodness. You know, you are absolutely (laughs) right and I think that's what makes the two of you so brilliant at what you do. Mm -hmm. As an audience member, that's exactly the feeling I got from you guys and it's something that I still remember from Four years ago, yeah. because we four did the master day. Yeah. <laughs> four years ago, wow! I know it's coming up to half a decade, and on the on the twelfth of December when we started rehearsals. Oh my god! 
That's crazy. Half a decade, half a decade. Stop saying. Day over thirty. What's going on? We know that you guys are on a bit of a time crush today, so we will wrap it up. We are at our last two questions. Oh gosh, yes. And for the first one, we would just love for you two to answer. Uh, this is more for people who have never seen Bad Out of Hell before. Why should someone come and see Bad Out of Hell the musical? They should come and see the show if they want instant escapism. Mm -hmm. If they want to be taken into a world where they can feel accepted. Yeah. If they can take, be taken into this universe where they can relate to every single individual character in this show because there is something within everyone that is an emotional state of all of us and they should come see this show because it's amazing there you go yeah it's like nothing you've ever seen it is it really it is really. unique it really is a unique piece. and then you can become part of the Bat family that's yeah. right Bat fam yeah. woo what you you've seen boom there you go drama <laughs> You'll discover, baby. <laughs> and our very last question, there are two ways you can answer it. It's fill in the blank. So you can choose to fill in the blank with the lyric that goes with the song. Good luck, or... it's not our song. <laughs> <laughs> or with your own answer. <laughs> yes, we did see your episode of Bat Chat. <laughs> We're going to bring it back. We yes, you two definitely should bring that back. Yes, please. <laughs> that would be incredible. Oh, my gosh. All right. And the final <laughs> question for the two of you. Fill in the blank. I would do anything for love, but I won't do. <laughs> oh. All right. What would mine be? Do you know what the real answer is? I know what it is. Oh, I would do anything for love, but I won't do. Um, what Meatloaf said. Class. Yeah. What? Can't say it on a podcast. No, you can't. You can, you can Google it. What won't meatloaf do? Put it this way: there's a pair of underpants on it. It says on the front of the underpants, "I would do anything for love," and on the back it says, "But I won't do that." Oh my god, I have tears in my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> that is a quote from meatloaf. Apparently, allegedly, allegedly. Uh -huh. Look at me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we were literally just talking about those underpants yesterday. Oh, oh. You know, have you seen that video of Meatloaf? It's him with the chalkboard and he pulls it down and grammatically, he, like he goes through the songs and grammatically explains what that means. What am I really bad at doing apart from laundry? Well, I've answered you. Oh, you've answered, okay. The boss answered. <laughs> that is the best and before we wrap up today we'd love to know do you have anything coming up that you'd like to promote maybe a vision of you concert or something oh, oh yes. yes we do have a revisioned because now the show has been morphed again, morphed again. Yeah. we have a new well it's kind of our backstory that we created but we've had to kind of restructure ever so slightly to make sense and yeah. put in some more of our favorite songs that we go oh Ooh. that's a flow of slow yeah. that's a slow of Oh, ah. or that's a good slum song or yeah we have a few of those and revisioned is in above the stag in london on saturday the 27th of november we have uh two shows that day but also we have a christmas album coming Ooh, no way oh my god 
assistant musical director, we're going to do um, a Christmas album with the most amazing Versions. versions of some of our favorite Christmas songs. Oh, that's so exciting. Uh, it's going to be called Paradise by the Christmas Light. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's it. We're pretty, we're pretty much 99% sure that, that will be the title, but it would definitely be something something to do with the Falcos at Christmas and um, Paradise Lights sounds. This Christmas, you can get your loved one, Paradise by the Christmas Lights, the new album from Sexton and Fowler. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thanks. I mean, there you go. I mean, I have um, my background right. up here. I made it for you guys today. Oh, so have a great show. Break legs. Yes. Have so much fun. Mm. And uh, thank you so much for joining thank us today. Thank, thank, you. You thank you so much. So Thanks for having us. Bye, guys. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, my gosh. That was such a fun interview. And it actually got me kind of emotional. I'm feeling emotional right now because a big reason we started the podcast was to reconnect with performers that we haven't spoken to in a while and performers that we really miss and giving it away to promote their new work and new projects and such. So getting to talk with Sharon and Rob again after, oh my gosh, it's been three years for me since I've seen them in person. It was just, it's so cozy and comforting and it's so fun to pick their brains a little bit because they have so much great knowledge on the industry and this show, of course. So, yeah, that was a really special one. <laughs> Feeling all the feels. Yeah, and they had so many wonderful things mm-hmm. to say about yeah. the show and about the fans. And, yeah. you know, what Rob said about how coming back to bat is like, you know, putting on a, your favorite old pair of shoes, you know. That's kind of how it feels as an audience member seeing the show and even seeing the show advertised. I think I've mentioned this before. When I got off the bus in New York and had no idea where I was, I saw a Bad Out of Hell poster on the garbage can and I was like, aw, I'm going to be okay. And, you know, as fans, I think that's how we feel about the show, too. It is such a wonderful place. And to hear people talk so passionately about it and to still be so passionate about it after working on it for almost five years is incredible and goosebump inducing yes and we can't forget that they brought their sweet dog steinman who we finally got to meet in person we got to meet steinman (laughs) which was very exciting for us so can confirm that steinman is the goodest boy okay and i also hope you all know that we're going to be purchasing the christmas album as soon as possible because we could all use some paradise by the christmas lights this year i think So they are the absolute best. And if you are in the UK and Ireland, you really should go catch them on stage in a city near you in Bad Out of Hell the Musical. We also have a very exciting episode coming your way next week with two guests who are going to take the words right out of your mouth. Yes, we finally get to chat with the first two that we got to know through this new touring cast. And we're super excited because they are the loveliest and... For crying out loud, we simply love them. Yes, I feel like this series and especially this interview with our two upcoming guests has been in the works like since like the show, it was announced that the tour was happening. Yeah. This has been in the works a long time, guys, and we are so excited to be bringing you the interviews, the updates, (laughs) the content directly to you. It's very exciting. It is. And as always, I'm Chrissy, but with chipmunk cheeks this week. And I'm Jocelyn. Together we are (laughs) Breaking breaking the the curtain. Curtain. 
You can find us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. And don't forget to stay safe. Stay stagey. And batty. And spooky. And we'll see you all really soon. Bye!